Hey, this is Jonathan. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being faithful to listen to this very extended episode, considering what happens to those who've never heard the gospel before. We're finishing up this three-week series with Brother Glenn Osborne. We sat down in his living room a while ago and had a really great conversation that lasted well over an hour. And so because of the length of my episodes, we broke it down over these three. Let's jump right back into it, shall we? Now, you, in the next few points, um, really go to emphasize that we've, we've kind of done it to ourselves from Romans. This is kind of an overview of Romans, but you've got a few points here. Will you go, <laughs> go through them with us real quick on uh, sure. how we're, you know, it's on us. Well, yeah. God has put within people a basic awareness of himself and of his requirements to do what is right. The ability man has to feel guilt for, for sin is a God-given ability. Why do we feel hmm. that? That's a good point. You know, a guilt is evidence of that, that thing that God's put in our heads to mo- yeah. motivate us to seek him. And uh, we know when we've done wrong. We, we sometimes even used to get embarrassed about that. And some are past feeling. Right. But initially, when we do that which is wrong, there's something that cries out within us that says, this is not right. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that, that imprint that God puts within us that, that tells us. So God has revealed himself through Jesus as uh, eternal, all-powerful, and good. And, and by his means, he created the world. And, but man can willfully ignore this natural revelation, I, I right. call it. The stars declare the handiwork of God. There's a lot of evidence to know that man did not create the world in which he lives. Right. And that it wasn't by chance either. I mean, that's just, sure, by the laws of probability, there might, there, we might say, well, there's a possibility. And if we say that there's a possibility, then we come to, well, it's a probability. No. <laughs> Mathematically, you might say there's a possibility, but there's no probability. There. I just did a, I quoted a <laughs> British mathematician who, uh, did the the zeros to the power of 10 raised to the power of 23 about the possibility that the universe could be life creating. Mm -hmm. And he said, basically the mathematical outcome is that it's as close to the number zero as one could possibly get Mm -hmm. without a force behind it. Um, In Romans one verse 20, it talks about how that witness of the creation, the one you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, the stars, the universe, etc., is such a witness that people are able to know there is a God and that they're without excuse. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said that that natural revelation does not have the power to save, but it does have the power to convict. It has the power to convict, but not to save. Right. It, it, it makes the heart wonder what else is out there besides me. Right. Um, and yet, Romans also, as, as your notes point out, people willfully disregard or ignore that revelation mm-hmm. that's what the, the rest of romans one is about right right yeah basically and but the the fact of the matter is is i think that's just the point the point is is god starts out at the first giving us overwhelming natural evidence of design and designer and and morality and and guilt and all of these evidences 
that there's something, there is a basis for, for morality that is greater than man himself, that in every culture there are certain things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. When somebody kills someone else, no matter what culture you're in, that, that's just, there's something that says you should not have taken a life, you know, um, unless there's cause, unless the government, unless there's some thing that says something is right and wrong. Right. But the laws that men have created for themselves are, are based upon some kind of sense of, of justice or, or, or uh, rightness. Let's make the wrongs right. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you get the terms wrong or right? Right. <laughs> it comes from this natural evidence. But Proverbs 2, listen, Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 5. Okay. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments and make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. A lot of ifs. Yes. And then the then. If-then relationship. Right. So the proverb basically is, a, is showing the will of God. And he's saying, if you, if you have these things moving you in a certain direction, then here's the result. This is good. It will lead you to true a wisdom and a knowledge of God. In other words, this knowledge of who is responsible for this will become evident. We know something may be. We may be in an agnostic form. Surely there's got to be a God, but I don't know who he is. Well, the Bible says, let that move you, and you will come to know who that is. I, uh, I like in your presentation how we're not just proving that sinners are lost. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about the promises that God made exactly. that they can be saved. Right. And that's where I'd like to see more of that among Christians and among the churches. Let's do more than just prove that people are lost, yeah. but let's give them the hope that anyone... Whether it is that person who's, you know, out there in the jungle or up in the mountain somewhere, that if they seek, they can find. Right. And we have to motivate ourselves to be, maybe be the hands and the feet of the body of Christ that goes to them. Exactly. But you have some of those scriptures in your your notes. Let's talk about those. What are the promises to the lost that the Lord has given? Well, one is found in Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. The Lord's not slow about his promises, as some count slowness but is patient. Remember, the first virtue of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is love is patient. Uh-huh. So God is love. God is patient. Okay, I like and that. And he connection. says, he is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. The first thing you get is a glimpse of a God who's not walking around with a celestial fly swatter wanting man to <laughs> step off the mark so he can smack him down, you know. The point is, is God, God is a God of, of love who wants for us to come to repentance, that is to change our mind about unrighteousness, unholiness, those things God never designed us to mm-hmm. do that are sin. Mm-hmm. Those are outside the boundaries of God's creation. He does not want us to do those things. He gave us a tongue to communicate, but he doesn't want us to lie. He doesn't right. want us to bear false witness. He doesn't want us to do those things that are sinful. In John 8, 31-32, so Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then are you true disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, these people had become disciples. They had 
They had basically said, okay, we're coming to think that Jesus is who he claims to be. And he says, good. You, st- you search the scriptures for they are they which testify of me. Those are going to bring you to the knowledge of who the Messiah is. Mm-hmm. And whenever you find him, then you will be set free from your sin. So you're right. Those are talking about people who are religious. But let's go, let's go back to some other promises that are given in the scriptures. Okay. Jeremiah 29 and 13. If you seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. In other words, he's, he is saying, you're going to have to put forth effort right. based upon this natural knowledge to lead you to who you know God is. And that's where you, you come in contact with things like the resurrection, which is something nobody else, nobody, no other, no other religion has shown that power, that kind of power uh, over right. where Jesus said, before you kill him, you kill me and I'll come back in three days, you know? <laughs> and he, he did. Yeah. And he did. So, I like how, if I can interrupt, just on that point, ahead. from Acts 17, in the same scripture where it talks about that God once uh, winked at ignorance, but now wants all men to repent and be saved, Paul used the resurrection as proof exactly. to a heathen audience. Exactly. I think that's really cool. That is You know, to, today, we have to prove that the resurrection happened to prove that other things. It's like we have to prove it first. Uh-huh. He didn't prove it. He just stated it as a fact. He came back from the grave, yeah. and that was his. The audiences back then knew it was that was overwhelming evidence. Right. In fact, sometimes he said there are over you know five hundred yeah five hundred brethren <laughs> that are still alive that were witness to the resurrection right. Christ. Yeah. You know, right. Talk to them. <laughs> so, and we have those witnesses still speaking to us today. Is mm-hmm. that you know Jesus Christ came forth from the grave? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, in Psalms 19, once again, this effort is, is focused on Psalms 119 and verse two, how blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. So that tells about our, the effort we have to put into finding God. Right. Uh, Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. There's that promise. They will find me. Gee, right. God, God is still working in our world amongst those who are seeking to know who who the who this natural creator that there, it is so evident that he exists i want to know him god begins working immediately in that person's life to bring them to know him a study of providence would be helpful in this oh, point oh <laughs> yes very much so but we can you know as a christian when i hear you say that it it motivates me to want to to help the the gospel go because if somebody is seeking God and God has promised that uh, he will draw near to them, as we're, I think, going to read here yeah. in James 4, I may be the way, the avenue, that God draws near to that person. And if exactly. I decline it, obviously God is powerful enough to find another avenue besides me. Right. He's able but to who work am around to, us. But right. Who am I to deny God's promise? To yes. say, no, fine, it's not convenient for me. Oh. Suddenly, you know, I'm like the ones who rejected the gospel in the book of Acts. Yeah. Uh, calling for a more convenient season to serve the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Gives you negative no, goosebumps. Uh, I think the church needs to rediscover its purpose. We, we've supplanted God's design for us to not only help us survive spiritually by finding others who will bear, help us bear our burdens and confess our sins and become accountable to spiritually and edify us, correct us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I consider the purpose of the church to be and also to spread the gospel to the whole world. But to the many in the 
have got the concept, the idea that the church is nothing more than a social structure, a network to help me serve, you know, accomplish things right. in a temporal way in this world, either have a good business or right. find a wife and right. find friends mm -hmm. and be nice, mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe help me out financially. That's not God's design for the church. Yep. God's design for the church is a spiritual ambition, a spiritual task. And we need to, we need to focus on that. But let's go back to James four, okay. verse six through eight. He gives us a great, greater grace. Therefore it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So that's a, a kind of heart we have to have uh, seeking God humbly submit. Therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So as we progress in our knowledge, of God here, as James 4, 6 through 8 says, I think we go through this process of cleaning up our our act, cleansing ourselves from sin. We're getting rid of our double-minded going in two directions. and We start putting aside our love for sin, our, uh, our affection for sin, our looking for, te for, for temptation opportunities or whatever. We get those things out of our mind. We make no provision for the flesh. And we begin to sow to the Spirit. We begin to say, I want to know God and what He wants to do for my life. And that may, that may rearrange our ambitions. Instead of from have, he who dies with most stuff wins, uh, we, it may rearrange our, our friendships right. with those who are empowering us to those who will keep us humble and accountable. Mm -hmm. It'll help us change our, our whole life to, to be, find favor with God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. Brother, you have about 15 or 20 scriptures in here about yeah. the promises to the lost. Yeah. I'd like for you to choose maybe one more that's, I know that's tough. Okay. But no. we're for the sake of time, I'll just tell those who are listening, <laughs> go to the website, find the information that's there. I'm going to have it available. It's overwhelming. You know, just yeah. looking at, at your notes and I think, wow, God really has made promise after promise after promise that instead of me being indignant of, well, how could a good God let this? Or how could a good God let that? I say, well, God's made promises. He's made ways. He's done everything except take people into heaven against their free will. Right. He's going to give them that gift of choice. They have to seek him that's right. in order to find. So what's one more scripture that's a good promise from God to the uh, The Probably the, one of the best ones is uh, Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For, mm. and he makes this wonderful blessings statement. Right. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? Mm -hmm. Well, how is good defined here? Well, asking, receiving, seeking, finding, knocking, being open to us. Right. And he's saying, look, God's a good God. If you ask for these things, he will cause that to happen. Amen. And so I think you're right. There's a lot of promises, but let's 
let's go to providence for just a moment. Right. We mentioned it a little bit earlier about being the agent of his providence. There is actually scriptures about this. Exactly. And so we we have to look at those. So help me understand what providence is and some scriptures where it's being used in the Bible. Okay. Well, Homer Haley said, providence is the working of God through his provision in the natural and spiritual realms. And yet is it is a control that violates neither the sovereignty of the human will nor the divine nature of spiritual law and spiritual law. So the whole point is is it's God working to accomplish his will without violating um, the principle of free will. Right. God's not going to force you to become righteous. Right. It's going to be your choice and you have to come to know him. So as in Esther 13 uh, four, chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not imagine that you're in the king's palace, and, and it, then you can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. But And now who knows whether you've not attained royalty for such a time as this. Right. And so he's saying, Here's what I, I don't know, but I believe that you've attained this position to act responsibly and save the Jews upon this occasion mm-hmm. uh, for such a time as this. And that's providence. He said, God put you here, basically. Yeah. And that's, uh, that is acknowledged by others in the scriptures that, well, it happened. Joseph said to his brothers, uh, so it was not you that sent me here, hmm. but God. And he uh, is the one, you know, that made him Lord of Egypt, Genesis 45, verse 8 and 9. Yeah. Um, so in Genesis 50 and verse 20, uh, but as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this today, to save many people alive. So the fact of the matter is, is God is working providentially behind the scenes, if you will, to bring about uh, connections and things like that. So I really believe that's the answer. Whenever we say God doesn't care about those who never hear the gospel, that's not true. Right. If if that person wants to know the truth, God has given promises that he himself will providentially provide the way that they could come to know the truth if they seek him with all their heart. There, there's probably better men to make the point I'm about to make because I'm still what I think of as a young man. Um, but my time living in Southeast Asia... I had to learn to trust in God's promises that he was doing his part and that if I would do my part, then his promises would be fulfilled. And it was a challenging work for us living there and ministering to people who are unfamiliar with Christianity. So you you have to share the gospel differently in Cambodia than you do in America by and large. But I, I would pray daily um, that I would trust in his promises because Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, my word shall not return to me void. That concept of, you know, planting the seed, it will grow. And if God has promised that it will grow, then I need to serve. Because there's no reason for me not to trust in the promises of the God who created heaven and earth. And so in, in, the, in the scriptures that you've just mentioned, the idea of providence, if God has promised that there is a way to be saved, a way for the lost to find it, he's proven to work through providence, then I got to do my part and trust that it's going to work out instead of throwing my hands up and say there's nothing I can do because it's just too overwhelming. 
That's my soapbox moment for the day. Well, no, I think <laughs> I think that's the end result of the study at all, is I think we need to uh, be a people that if we know the truth, recognize how wonderful it is to have an antidote for the problem of sin. This can save you eternally. And to recognize its value and its preciousness. And also to recognize God desires all men to be saved, and mm -hmm. I should too. Mm -hmm. And it really should have the heart of God. And I think that's what's missing a lot of us. We want to save ourselves and those whom we love. Yeah. But we fail to recognize God loves the sinners that we meet every day just as much Jesus would have died for them too. And so if we have his love, then we're going to create opportunities as well as take advantage of providential opportunities. Amen. So we've just got to have the mind set on it and do the best we can and leave the rest of it up to God. In the, in the avenue of leaving the rest of it up to God, I wanted to bring up a point about the, the number of people on the planet. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed when you think about all the people groups, all the cultures, and then you think, who am I as a kid in college? Who am I as somebody who's got a job and a mortgage and a car payment and all this? Who am I to take the gospel to uh, some island on the other side of the world, this, that, and everything else? And, and we feel guilty as though that if, I, if I'm not doing a hundred different good works all over the world, they're never going to get their chance. I think we don't realize how available the gospel is all over the world. I think of a website called faithcomesbyhearing.org, and uh, they're just one of countless nonprofits that go about translating the Bible into languages and putting them for free. You can go to faithcomesbyhearing.org, or maybe it's .com, but you can go and download the New Testament both in an it's an oral translate or an oral file so like it's somebody reading the bible to you so you don't even have to read you know and it's in over 2000 languages on that website alone the 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 written word of god is in tens of thousands of languages i can't tell you the number but i'm confident that when people when god's made the promise uh seek and ye shall find it's not as hopeless as we think well First, I've got to translate the Bible into their language. Mm -hmm. That's already been done, by and large, for of the 7.7 .7 billion. I can't tell you a number, but I would put faith that most of them could get a copy of the Scripture in their language if they wanted to, or a language may, that they're uh, yeah, it's close it, to them. Languages are in families, and and because of its being in families, there's, I, it's beyond question that. People have access, mm -hmm. I think, to the truth all over the world, even in places where it's very, very hard for the personal Christian to enter into that culture. It's still available to them in their languages, I believe. Uh, but you're right. I believe God has seen, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to accuse Him of making the internet. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, along with the overwhelmingness of of spreading the gospel has come tools uh, right along with the problem yeah. that has enabled us to be able to communicate with anyone almost anywhere on the face of the planet. Right. So this is an age, I believe, that is that along with the problem comes solutions. Yep. And we need to take advantage of of those of all of the resources that are that other generations have not had access to. We need to take advantage of those to spread the gospel.
If anyone out there is feeling motivated by that statement, then I want to encourage you to contact me. My email address is pureandsimplebible at gmail.com. One of the main purposes of my website, the workbooks that I put on there, is for international ministry. I need help putting them in other languages. I need help in reaching into different places. I have, through the content of that, which is just the gospel put into these workbooks that I've done, um, people have obeyed the gospel in the Middle East. People have obeyed the gospel in Asia. I know it. it's helpful, and I need help. I'm one man doing this ministry, and so anyway, that's a shameless plug for backup. <laughs> I could really use some help. And <laughs> yeah. If you're out there and you're feeling convicted, just email me, and, and I'll put you to well, work. Well, and God will providentially use their abilities for that's His right. glory, so help out. Jump in. Well, brother, thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I hope people enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed having it with you. Is there anything that we've missed, we've left out, that you want to close with? Just go back to the fact that God is, the God remains just even if he was to send us all to hell because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's true. God is not the author of this problem. It's our sin. We need to acknowledge that. Whenever people create these questions that try to impugn the character of God, it winds up biting us because, in fact, what all it shows is that this is really our problem. God would have remained just if everybody went to hell. <laughs> yeah. And the fact is, is God is gracious and God is love, and he sent Jesus, and he gave it to us in earthen vessels, and we need to get with the program and share the gospel as best we can. But even at that, God's providence is going to work in spite mm-hmm. of our, sometimes mm-hmm. our feebleness and, and, and our shortcomings and our weaknesses, God will still work. But wouldn't it be better if we are equipped to be right. able to handle this opportunity? And, Thoroughly and to equipped. Take the, the, and so let's help each other. Let's encourage each other to be faithful in taking the gospel to the world. Thank you for coming on. Great conversation. Look forward to the next time we're together. Although I, I thank you for allowing me to share why God is so loving. I want to thank Brother Glenn for coming on, for studying such a challenging issue about those who've never heard the gospel. And I hope that it was helpful for you, and I hope that you'll consider the scriptures and what they have to say. God's promises are an amazing, amazing comfort whenever we consider that he is willing and able for anyone who is calling and seeking him to find the truth and come to know who he is. And you know what? If you're a Christian and you're listening to this, I hope you also feel motivated because we are the hands and the feet of the Lord. And for those of you out there who are motivated to serve, but maybe are not sure what to do next, send me an email, pureandsimplebible at gmail.com. I can be helpful in pointing you in the right direction. Also, go to the website, consider the resources that are there, and please subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me. And-